just heard Over the Madness from the self-titled Paradise Lost. We had Lost Paradise Now, Paradise Lost, Paradise Lost. This is the Recommendal Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Jason. And welcome to part three of our retrospective over the career of Paradise Lost. Nearly 30 years. Nearly 30 years. And um, <clears throat> we've kind of entered the, the comeback phase, I guess, for those of you that have you know enjoyed part one and part two. I call um, it the return to form. but Return to form. Or return yeah. to the roots. Yep, yep. And, you know, this is something we'll, we'll kind of play off of, uh, you know, some comments that, that Jeff made in, in part two, kind of talking about whether or not this is, uh, he said, it's like uh, adults trying to be kids again or, or something like that. And it, it, I think metaphor. that's a little hyperbolic. To yeah, be it, it could, <laughs> but be. It's, could be. I yeah. mean, I can see where he's coming from, but I, I But again, really and, and one of the things I, I kind of postured to, to Mark is I could see, like, if maybe, um, you know... If you listen to Paradise Lost uh, and maybe only heard uh, a couple of the the, the self-titled Paradise Lost and, and heard a couple singles and maybe they didn't grab you and then maybe you heard the the opening single of In Requiem, uh, which is the enemy, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, but maybe you didn't like get like deep. I could see maybe kind of not giving up, but just assuming that that's all that kind of continued, you know. But I mean, I do that with a lot of bands. Yeah, to be and, to and be people fair. do that, and you know, who knows what kind of mood, you know. And again, I'd have to ask Jeff more, you know, succinctly, like what his experience if he's given these albums, of, you know, a lot of time. But if he doesn't want to, it's his opinion. So who cares? That's the thing. Ultimately, you know, you know, some bands like some bands, I don't care to like want to get to know more about them because I've already kind of settled in. I'm comfortable with like how I feel about them. Mm-hmm. Some I'm like, you know what? I own five records from this band. I don't need six. I'm good. Like if yeah. I want, if I'm in the mood to listen to band A. Then I'll listen to these five records. You know, I don't need. There, I mean, there's a handful. I mean, maybe ten bands that I'll buy whatever they put out. Mm-hmm. Maybe that many. I don't even. That, that might even seem kind of high. But a lot of them are done. You know, Cathedral, they're done. Uh, well, Autopsy, they're still going. I mean, there's a handful of those. Like yeah. Dark Throne, I'll put grab whatever they yep. they do. But uh, some bands, I, I think, are just kind of. I don't know. You've, you've only got so many. <laughs> you've only got so much in your brain that you can. Mm-hmm. At least for me, like I don't, I'd love to learn about every other band, but there's, I think once you, time of the day, and and once you've listened to stuff for, if you came into it when it was very early and kind of like rough and uh, before it was really refined that much, 30 years down the road, there's a lot of just repetitive stuff. Like I've kind of heard this before. Like I appreciate that you like this band, but I already heard it. It's, Ten years ago, it's this thing. It's how my students glob onto like Avenged Sevenfold. I respect what Avenge Sevenfold does, and probably if I was fifteen or sixteen, like you know, I'd probably be interested in it on on some level. They'd be like the Pantera of that era or something. Yeah. But like in hindsight or in contextualization of everything else, they're not doing that much really original. They're good at like taking little tidbits of Metallica and Megadeth and, and putting it together and succinct stuff and adding a little slice of millennial, you know. I don't know, whatever cherry on top that like connects to kids in that age group. And I don't fault them. They're good at it. It's, 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 you know, it's what they are, uh, but it's not made for me. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a great quote from, you know, our good friend, Jeff, you know, Wagner that yeah. we were just talking about, you know, I don't know how to like this. It's that's, not, it's not, <laughs> I think he really needs a teacher. Yeah, for that. Yeah. That's a great, you know, but, and that's, that's the thing. I've heard some Avenged Sevenfold songs that kids have played for me. Like, Oh, this is really cool. And I, I can, like, again, I smile because I see their enthusiasm, and yeah. I know this is maybe a door opening, and hopefully they just keep walking through and, and find the, and you're also the probably, antecedents and, and the Yeah, things. but you're also probably seeing 
a little bit of yourself at that yeah. age when you're playing something for an older person that's much more yep. versed in music. You're, yep. You know, that's the thing about about age. It's like if when I first like met you and Chris, and I was if I was to be like, ah, oh, like have you heard like the new White Zombie? Blah blah. You guys, would, you guys would like. <laughs> You'd, you'd smile and you go, oh, Maybe. cool, cool, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah, white zombie's pretty cool, yeah, yeah. And then you try and change the subject to like something cooler that you were into. Sure. It's exactly what I do with my students now. Yeah. Like, cool, Venge Sevenfold, yeah, yeah. Well, do you like Ride the Lightning from Metallica? Because that's that's a record you should hear if you like Venge Sevenfold. So I, I get it, you know. Have and you heard I, any I, budgie? Yes, uh, <laughs> you know, and I don't I don't want to like beat beat the point home, but I I do think that this self titled record is. Uh, it's it, it stands at kind of an interesting crossroads. It was also on the 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 gun label. It wasn't. Um, I feel like it was easier to get than than symbol of life for some reason, or maybe that's just because we knew the the right people and we were pumped for it because we had heard some singles. So we're like, oh, we gotta track this down. Or I just I don't know why I mean, this this record was more on my radar screen than say symbol of life was. Was I still at the I still at the record store? I think yeah. You this is two thousand four, right? Oh no! This is five. Oh, this was the last five. year I was at the record store. Okay, but this is you know another thing is the internet came around. That's true. Um, I remember. I think I bought some of the later on stuff like well, not Faith Divides. Maybe in Requiem I got on Amazon or something. Yeah, it was just like well that that was on. But I think at that point, like they were probably showing up reviews. Were probably showing up in um, you know maybe in Decibel or or some other places that we were looking at, or maybe Chris was in the loop a little bit more, and he was kind of like send you a sneak previews of some tracks to like listen to before the albums even came out i'm really not sure Jesus, yeah, i don't know it's hard to th- that's such a I mean, it's not that long ago but i don't that's 12 years ago <laughs> but i mean i remember stuff more succinctly in the 90s than i do in the early 2000s you're always gonna remember stuff from like teenage years and early college more because yeah. they're like new memories yeah whereas like this at this point we're such in like a routine of like metal like it all kind of blends together like yeah i actually don't I, I knew the band I, I like sought out what was happening you know, from them, I'd look on their website every once in a while to see what's sure. going on or something. But so, why do you think people like you know? I this got me back into Paradise Lost. But what do you think it is about this particular record? Because it's not the best record that we're going to hear in this episode. It, it might be the my least essential of maybe any mm-hmm. of these ones, like in hindsight. But like at the time, it felt like, woo, they're they're getting back to Draconian and Icon riffs and, and things like that. I mean, it's just always. I mean, when you. When you really get into a band, even like I mean, the same thing goes with not to always use Metallica as a our go to you know analogy for everything. Yeah, they, they get compared to Paradise Lost a little bit sometimes, though. You know? True, but like everybody wants them to do just a great thrash record again. Like I think everybody like when you've got when you're known for a certain. Which the funny thing is, Paradise Lost is not really known for any specific style yeah. outside of being doomy, yeah, you know, gloomy aspect, you know, to the the feel of it but as far as like sonically they they're known for so much mm-hmm. but everybody wants metallica to do like you know master Spit of puppets part two yeah, and which, yeah like like when you get just a glimpse of that again i mean a lot of it probably just feeds into your own ego it's like a nostalgia like yeah. drug kind of but thing. also as for me being someone who makes a living off art and these guys who make a living off music I think it's great when they can continue the longevity of their career, but also do stuff that's fulfilling to them, stuff that brings new people in, bring stuff that brings old people back into it. Yeah. Um, I'm never going to begrudge them for that. I don't know how much of a 
artistic statement the self-titled really I was gonna is. Say, is this too much like to go where maybe Jeff's critique of a record like this might be is it too much recycled past I don't know if they've ever really done too much of that to be honest I mean, I don't feel that way necessarily, but I, I can see it's, it. It's there's, not there's, like... There's a lot of odes and things, yeah. and the, the, it feels like there. But also, you think, like... it's Because you've got to take it from different perspectives. At this point in time, there's a lot of shitty goth yeah, metal stuff coming out. And this record seems to kind of, like, lay that stuff to wait. To me, personally, any of the stuff I heard from that era that's trying to kind of get into the... I can't even throw out a name... Because uh, it was also Nightfall or uh, Nightwish, Epica, like any of that kind like of that. stuff yeah, that yeah, had. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I don't know that stuff. Just even like Lacuna Coil by this point was kind of pretty. Tired. I've always hated that band. So never liked a single yeah. thing about that band. I, 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 I don't mind some of their stuff, but you know they're. But they were. It seems like they're kind of coming back to because I mean I've done the same thing with with art is going like you the stuff that really excites you as a kid like Mad Magazine was my big thing when I was a kid. I try to reach out to do different things in my teenage and early twenties and all that kind of shit. Um, and then you, you find everything like you just, you do a lot of experimentation, which they did. It's like their college years. Yeah. Like experiment where all the stuff can go. And then ultimately I think a lot of people come back to what they're comfortable with and what they really feel deep inside themselves as a kind of their, it's like their, it's their voice. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's recycling or if it's just kind of like, coming back to what you thought, you know, what you think you're really good at. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's two sides of... I see this, this is a battle a lot of bands face, and, you know, um, like a band that for some reason springs to mind that has nothing really to do with metals, like Radiohead, you know, Radiohead, after, you know, starting with, like, the bands and OK Computer and Kid A, like, all of a sudden, every record was, like, different, and now they've kind of gone through this cycle of having done all these different modes... And now it's like when they put out new stuff, like you don't really know if it's just going to be a composite or like they've almost like achieved everything. So it it begs the question, like, are they still relevant? Is it still something you're interested in? And when they do put out a record, I I enjoy it. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad this came out. I don't know. It's not necessarily stealing from this or this or this, but it's it's got a little bit of everything maybe. Mm -hmm. And, And I think... That's some of the stuff from Paradise Lost, at least the, the maybe the first two that we're going to look at until really I feel like Faith Divides Us, Death Unites Us, that when that record comes out, I feel like they're... It's not that they just rediscover their voice because they've always had their voice, but to me that seems like a more focused... Like, they're they're really locked in at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, there is some filler on, like, In Requiem where, like, they're trying some things and it's like, uh, that doesn't hold up as well 10 years later as it did maybe in, like, 2007 or 2005 sure. or, you know. Um, and I feel the same way about the self-title. Like, there's a lot of really great songs. I mean, Over the Madness, you know, Sun Fading, you know, Redshift. There's, you know, I like that record. You mm-hmm. know, it's a record I can put on and be reasonably happy. Some of it's kind of fillery, though. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, there's just stuff that I'm like, okay, like, it's... It's still maybe I don't say it's in that symbol of life mode because I think it's better than that, but it's like still trapped in kind of like a. It's more. Of, it's a re- rediscovery, it's essential, you know, kind of yeah, kind of mode. But going back to that, I think I mentioned last uh, episode the the longevity of metal mm-hmm. as opposed to other genres. Like even like how much is what Moonshade Pools at the new Radiohead? Yeah, yeah. How is that bringing anything different to the table than Kid A? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. But it's going to get more of a pass because it's 
because it seemed like it's because it's, it's not it's, it's like living metal. off of re- reputation a yeah. little bit more because it's you know it's yeah. an artiste yeah know? and like uh like slayer records like i mean it's just kind of they're i mean they're a different example they haven't really ventured out they're kind of acdc ish you know yeah. yeah it's not not a real great example but there's a lot there's not i mean i guess paradise lost and radiohead probably have similar amounts of records uh if i had to guess i think paradise lost probably beat them like, yeah paradise lost has more i think but yeah but it's weird to to try to judge careers mm-hmm. in different genres because it's totally it's completely different. Like hip hop is different than For you sure. know metal is going to be as opposed to indie rock. And yep. I mean, how many fucking uh, Guided by Voices records are there? Too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Robert Pollard solar yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. It's just like oh my god. But yeah, so it's hard to I don't know. I, I I feel it's more like they're kind of like this is what we started out as. This is what we really feel. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we're gonna go back to this. Well, I think uh, you know, and again, like I'm not a naysayer. I was just, I was just trying to, you know, maybe open up this this doorway of of things, you know, like that Wagner kind of opened up. Oh, sure. And it's, and it's no, I'm an apologist, a, yeah. unabashedly for. And for it's these definitely, guys, so. uh, yeah. And and so am I. I own all these records and, and love them a lot. Um, you know, this was kind of for me a renaissance of of Paradise Lost. Uh, it made me listen to my old Paradise Lost more than mm-hmm. I had in previous years. You know. Uh, because again, I, I think I appreciated that the the longevity of the band at this point, you know, and that they can still make me feel something mm-hmm. every record, even if it's not a great record. There's still a couple songs in there where like that really feels like Paradise Lost. Well, and you know, Nick singing with a little bit more passion, you know, and over the madness, the solo work from from Gregor seems to like kind of that guitar comes through again without to... a bunch of effects and stuff mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. yeah, you know, and so they're they're tapping into. Maybe it's a nostalgia bone, or maybe it's just like that—that that sort of, uh, you know, the reptilian part of our brain that just wants, like, wants what we want. You it's know, like some of it's like seeing a fucking a dude that was great at baseball fucking still mm-hmm. doing. Or I don't know. I'm trying to make a sports analogy, yeah, yeah, but I don't yeah. know anything about sports. Yeah. But it has the same kind of thing. The same feeling comes up in me when I see like. Uh, like Ric Flair come out and beat the shit out yeah, of him. Yeah, he still got it. Yeah, he still, still like that. It. Like I know there's a bit of nostalgia there, but I still that guy. He he earned everything mm-hmm. to get to that point. So yeah, yeah. wrestling yeah. can kind of be a in today's context for that would be uh, Goldberg has come back. <laughs> oh, has he? Yeah, yeah. And he's nice. gonna be nice. main event WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar, and he might have. The Does belt. he still have those uh, those lats? Uh, he's he's a little smaller, but he's he's fifty, but he's doing okay. All right. Okay. I know he had like a actually show by the time this episode comes out, WrestleMania will already be over, and <laughs> God only knows that. My prediction is Brock Lesnar will have uh, you know annihilated Goldberg at that point. So, um, but anyways, yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. I, I get it completely. I mean, and, and that's hmm, it's interesting, man. We could we could have a whole. You just open up. <laughs> I, I'm a big. I'm a but big, it's the thing. It's like. At the at the beginning stages of anything, be it wrestling, be it music, be well, it writing, there, in wrestling there's what's called a nostalgia pop. Yeah, when The Rock's been away for five years and he shows up on my Night Night Raw, people lose their minds over it. Sure, even if he's doing nothing interesting because it taps into like that. Oh, this reminds me of like what I loved. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. And that's that's a natural human. But when impulse. you get when like you know wrestling's been going since the what the fifties. Uh, but as far I, as like as we know it. Sure. Anything that goes that long has a certain delusion, or uh, not delusion, uh, it gets diluted. Diluted. Mm -hmm. A a diluted factor 
to where there's so many things that came before it, it's really hard to become your own kind of like yeah. iconoclastic And there's really character. nothing original anymore. You just kind of recycling yeah. ideas and stuff. So yeah. the stuff that, you know, those handful of bands that happened, you know, the Peaceful Three, that's never going to happen again. Nope. So they're all kind of doing their own. I don't know. They're, I, I give like all that stuff means more to me than some band that's trying to do that's doing something like like I know you like the band, but like a band like Alcest, mm-hmm. they're doing something different. But I could not give two shits about that band at all. Mm-hmm. And in the scheme of the entire, um, I get the entire genre of extreme metal, which band to me is like it's, they did some interesting things, but which one is really gonna like? Oh yeah, gonna yeah, revisit yeah, 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 kind of for thing. sure. And yeah. that's just I think that's a, like an age thing too. Like I've heard it a little bit. I want to hear new stuff and I want to give it a chance, but. It still has to weigh on that scale. Like, okay, Paul Bear is good, but Paradise Lost over here still kind of like throws them out of the scale for me. Yeah, and this is the this is the toughest part. Like, the, honestly, these are this is very similar to like debates that they're having in like wrestling podcasts I listen to all the time <laughs> over should you spend so much time building, you know, revisiting nostalgia, or do you have to build to the future? Because if you're spending so much time focusing your attention. And and I'm and we're talking about like the media and stuff like that, and the mm-hmm. media is not focusing all their attention on Paradise Lost. Trust us, no. okay. <laughs> in, not, fact, not in fact, sometimes they don't get enough attention. But yeah. it's the whole idea of like you know you you need to like sort of regenerate for the future if you want metal to like live longer. And so you sure. do have to support the Paul Bearers and these bands that are going to take the torch into the next decades, the Mastodons and the mm-hmm. you know these bands that are probably going to be the face of metal ten years from now because. There's only so much longer that some of these bands like Paradise Lost, Anathema, you know, Catatonia, Bride, you know, Dark Throne, you know, can they do this for ten more years? Maybe, you know, but do they want to? I don't know. You know, who knows? I mean, they might, yeah. they might not. You know, and so, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's because we're in a weird total, total side tangent on this, but it, I think yeah, it's yeah an but I mean, we're in a weird spot to where we're still metal is such a young genre still that we have not. Black Sabbath, everybody's still alive. Yeah, like none. We haven't really. I think it's about these to happen, guys though. have. It's about to happen where these guys are going to die off, and then we've got then Metallica are the old guys, mm-hmm. then Megadeth are the old guys, and Slayer are the old guys, and then when we get to the point where Chris Reifert can't fucking play drums anymore, mm-hmm. that's the tipping point. But like, I think embrace the new stuff, but also go back and reflect on what started it all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. And, and I think a, especially... As a history with, guy, I'm always going to say, look at the history. And know? with, it, like, being a young kid, you want, like, you identify with the stuff that speaks to you and mm-hmm. speaks to your generation. I totally understand that. But, so as I get older, I always go back and look, even before all the extreme shit, mm-hmm. go back to Purple and Your Eye Heap and all, that's the stuff I'm really, that excites me now, <laughs> is to go back and, like, rediscover that, what started everything. Sure. And figure out why things are like they are. I mean, yeah. that's kind of... No, no, that makes sense, so... And now that we've pontificated on that, uh, you know, so in Requiem and Faith Divides Us, these second and third records, I, I think that, you know, in Requiem, um, that's the record. Like, I like the self-title a lot, but I think, you know, in Requiem came out right around the time you and I started talking about doing the podcast. Like, 2007, like, where ideas are starting to mix, like, um, you've moved down state. So I'm seeing mm-hmm. you a little bit more. I have, like, friends that are, like, into metal that I can, like, share metal with. Whereas, like, in 2005, like, I was living down Detroit area and 
you were, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of the people that well, I podcast normally... podcast is a relatively new thing, too. Yeah, and a lot of the people that I would, like, you know, Decibel, I don't, like, had was just about to come out. Like, I don't even know if I had subscribed to De- You know, so, like, I was kind of, like, out of the loop. But by the time in Requiem came in, like, I was, like, reinvigorated back into metal. And this, like, like a Catatonia record or a Bride just hit that sweet spot. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, whoo. And you hear, like, that, that kind of title song, Requiem, for the first time, and there's, like, an immediacy to it. You know, like, I don't know. It reminded me of, like, Forever Failure and, and stuff like that. Like, it mm-hmm. just really had, like, or Ember's Fire. Like, yeah. it just, it had that, like, it just, it worked, and I was fully hooked. And from that point on, I'm, I'm back in. So I think, I think people have a, it's, it's becoming more and more um, attainable to relive past glories mm-hmm. well, I think, with bands. And I think that was such just a, it was just like a, a thing, like you're never going, it was like basically destining people to failure right off the bat, but it's like you can never attain that again. Yeah. And I've seen th- several bands kind of just shatter that altogether. And that, that's not me being just nostalgic about stuff mm-hmm. either. No. So like seeing them come back around, I think it's completely feasible. That, that like, it's not just It's not just me being like, oh, I wish they would do a fucking metal record again sure and i mean I, i'm i'm jumping ahead of the game here but you know when you get to like 2015 with the plague within which is the record we're going to end with if you haven't heard the new stuff there's no way you can listen to that record and not be like these guys are inspired yeah there's no way because it's an incredible i mean and even like out media outlets started to finally like acknowledge like paradise Lost is not only back but they're back back like the you know it's Valentine, the first time in recent memory different things you know were like contributing to the narrative him Nick Holmes singing for Bloodbath that was like, a big deal like okay like this is not just like a they're not on a nostalgia tour they're actually mm-hmm. building a new foundation to continue some ideas from say you know the early 90s but also like adding new flourishes onto it you know? but it's also a little bit of um, you know old guys trying to prove themselves to the mm-hmm. young guys like we can still fucking do this shit better than you beat, can. Beat you old whippersnappers. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Like that, I mean, that's a constant, that's a generational thing yeah. that just happens. And I think, you know, like, this is a genre that became very, like, kind of, uh... uh bloated? Bloated and clogged <laughs> and, and, and things like that in the late 90s and in early 2000s. And I think, you know, there's there's kind of a sen- certain sense of satisfaction to hear albums like In Requiem and F- Faith Divides Us and hear, like, the the old masters just showing up everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is how it should be done. And know? seeing, I mean, a lot of things I know in recent, more recent stuff, the kids, the way that I think since YouTube, everybody can play instruments infinitely better. You know how to do things easier than before. Um, the technicality of a lot of metal now it just nauseates me. It's, yeah. I mean, it's impressive that you can play that way, but I don't, I, can't, I don't pull anything out of it. It's Nothing grabs me sometimes. Yeah. So to see like. You know, bands like Dark Throne, Autopsy, like <laughs> all peaceful bands, uh, come back and do these records. You're like, God, that's fucking great. And that new Autopsy record, um, Skull Grinder, it's it's only like 27 minutes, which I think is great. I don't want to hear a fucking 57 minute record really anymore by anybody. But there's like weird John Carpenter elements toward the end of that record, and like they're still doing interesting shit. Fucking 20 some years later, you yeah, know, yeah. 30 years later. Yeah, they're they're at the 30 stage for sure. You know, so. Um, so again, you know, I, I guess I, most of you are probably familiar with this era a little bit. I, I would assume that this, you know, most people are familiar with Paradise Lost been up to at least like the last five or six years. Um, 
but you know, if you were kind of on the fence with some of these, you know, 2005 and beyond records, I think they're worth revisiting all of them. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's not a bad one in the lot, and and different ones have different personalities and stuff. I think they start to get stronger as they kind of proceed through. You know, I mean, I, I think honestly, the host is the most divisive record there. Yeah, at least to host is something that like I'm sure Andrews is from Catatonia and Ice from has probably listened to that record a thousand times. Yeah. But he's There's also guy that's doing like diabolical masquerade. Sure. He's doing like stuff that's off the beaten path. But if you look at the entire career of the band, that is the one that really stands out as mm. being the complete antithesis of anything that they've ever done. Yeah, I mean, the complete. I guess the furthest outside. But then seeing that they can do that and then come back is the impressive part to me. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So because like the Cure's never come back and done like. Disintegration Part Two. Not really. I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't really know what the Cure's done that. I, like that was, twenty years. It's a bad so, thing, but, yeah. but you know, like it's it's very rare that bands that top form come back to do something interesting. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, but let's uh, let's see Paradise Lost kind of start to regain that that top form again here. So we've got uh, one more song from their self titled Sun Fading, and then a pair of songs from it in Requiem. We've got the aforementioned Requiem, and then Your Own Reality, which. Uh, that's a that's a cool tune. That the you know that's one that kind of snuck up on me that I didn't realize I liked as much until mm-hmm. I went back and revisited. I'm like, oh man, there's a lot of really good subtle things happening in that. And then we've got as horizons end uh, from faith divides us, death unites us. Enjoy.
As Horizons End, Your Own Reality, Requiem, and Sun Fading there. And uh, I guess now that we've arrived at Faith Divides Us, Death Unites Us, we can bring up the uh, the Spinal Tap element of Paradise Lost because this is uh, the first record, I believe, uh, with... Is Adrian on this one or Adrian joins after they release this I one? think he he joins he's in the pictures but I think somebody else played on the I record. think oh yeah it's uh I think it's Mark Heron is doing the uh or, or Peter Damon one of the two guys is doing the the session uh drums on uh Fate Divides Us but what one of the things why Mark's looking this up that we sort of notice is you know um they've had the core four guys in the band the the vocals the two guitar players and the bass player and just like Spinal Tap the only thing that they've continuously seemed to swap out seems to be the drummer. You had uh, Matthew Archer leaving after Icon and Lee Morris coming in, um, you know, for Draconian Times. He's in the band until Symbol of Life, and then Jeff Singer joins and drums for a couple records, and then he joins. Then they get a session guy for Faith Divides Us, and then they bring in Adrian Urslanderson on, I think, Tragic Idol, correct? Yep. Yeah, that was the, yeah, that was the first one he was actually yeah, on. He did so. the... Um, in 2011, they did that Draconian Times, the live mm-hmm. thing, where they basically redid. They did it from front to back, and he he played drums on that. And um, the the Crucify and Last Fallen Savior singles, but yeah, and, and the tragic tragic illusion uh, 25 there as well. But Tragic Idol was the first thing he was on. And there's some funny stories that uh, Jeff Singer, the guy that you heard on the, the that last set of music on the Paradise Lost and in Requiem stuff. He was supposed to actually, he tried out for Draconian Times, but he had a pink drum set. Did you hear that story? Yeah. yeah. And so they didn't want to hire him, but he was actually one of the guys they had in mind instead of uh, Lee Morris. Morris. Yeah. Lee Morris, I think, was a great fit. Yeah, he he worked for that kind of era. I think Singer's a little too uh, clinical. Is he? Yeah, I guess you're right. His stuff seems a little too... He seems like a session drummer. And you compare him to, like, I mean, Adrian's Adrian. Yeah. He's... The drummer from At the Gates, you know. He might be my least favorite Paradise Lost drummer, though. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I really like this stuff, especially on Tragic Idol. I think he gives, like, a a nice swing. I I guess I'd have to, like, analyze him more with uh, Plague Within, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I I think, to be an old-school contrarian, I think Mm -hmm. that that Matt Archer's my favorite because he's not, he's too calculated. Yeah, I was gonna say Adrian's almost like Archer was he's always overthinking on, it. He's always on the verge of like, fuck, I can't keep up with yeah, this. Yeah, there yeah. was a certain charm to that. And I always I always like that struggle. We'll call it I called it I wrote it down, the Louis Clemente factor. <laughs> yes. Louis Clemente was not the strongest aspect of those early testament records, but there's but some it was, charm there. It was, yeah, it was charming. Yeah. But I do like I think Lee Morris is a great drummer. Okay. I think he was he might be the best Paradise Lost drummer. Okay. Or the most he fit with that the era he the was era. in the best. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I like because, that. like, I don't think anybody could fill Adrian's shoes in At the Gates. No, nobody could do that. No. But Paradise Lost doesn't have. They're not. They're not thrash. They're not. The drums metal. don't don't dictate the music. I think these. I think that uh, that Greg really writes everything. Yeah, yeah. Him, sure. him, and Nick write everything, and they have an idea for the. I mean, drums. you listen to, like what Adrian does with like the subtlety of the drums on Slaughter of the Soul. Like he controls certain songs completely. Sure. And Slaughter's Soul, every riff is, I don't want to say the same, but it's, it has like this, it's like Rain and Blood. It has the same trajectory. And just like Lombardo yeah. subtly controls tempo movements and all these amazing things on Rain and Blood. And that's it's those little subtleties. That's He's what, what really makes does. that interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. that, that Adrian works better at a little bit higher clip, mm-hmm. speed wise. I agree. I think he's more, he feels more at home. But I that. think what he does 
what he did for at the gates is the the eccentricities and weird guitar tones and things that that's what gregor does for paradise lost gregor so, is the sort of he's the he's the band he's, he's the, the pulse he, of that yeah band, he's the beat. he's the painting i mean he's the jackson pollock throwing splattering the you know i mean he's like yeah. creating the texture of the whole band all the time yeah you know, but one guy you wanted to mention was the bass player, kind of an un- unsung hero that doesn't yeah, get Steve like a- Edmondson, especially in that whole era of like the like from host, actually from one second up until probably Faith divides us. He's really upfront and great. I mean, he's guiding the whole song. Yeah, he's just got like like I can't think of a whole outside of like the what the hell's the guy from? I don't want to keep saying like um, the guy the bass player from Marduk. Oh Morgan, no, oh, no Morgan's a guitar player. I know who you're talking about. Uh, he's the the. Uh, no, you look it up yeah, on Wikipedia. We'll have to look it up. Yep. But the way that that that's another band we need to revisit some of their newer shit is the way the bass works in extreme metal. Usually it's non-existent or it's just kind of like it's just kind of a background thing. But like in Marduk, it's, it's pretty incredible. It's because you've got one the guitar. The newer phase of, of Yeah, Marduk. you've got one guitar and you've got that, that bass and it all fills, you know, kind of fills the void. There's air. Mm-hmm. The same with, uh, you know, Edmondson. He's, he's a finger player, which is not a super common thing for death metal outside of, um, what's his face from Cannibal? Alex Webster from mm-hmm. Cannibal. Uh, it brings a totally different kind of sound to it, but he's got a lot of just a lot of feeling and vibe and like soul to it, which is I don't find in or don't, I don't hear in a lot of metal. Not a lot of extreme metal because sometimes yeah. bass often gets buried, you know, unless yeah. you're talking like you know tech death or something like that, sure. you know, or you know cynic. You but know, I've never Giorgio, heard his name guys. mentioned in anything no. about his his ability, and I think he's a really great part of that band that and, you know, is kind of overlooked and when mark and i were kind of prepping for this i kind of said to mark i said you know like i don't read much about like aaron eddie or these other guys like do you have like comments on them you know because mark's such a huge paradise lost guy and he you know i mean you just kind of said like he's just kind of quiet does his does his part like just great rhythm he had i mean the most like his his role in the band is the he's like the the watcher he remember he has like the he's the steel trap memory guy mm-hmm. um there's a couple like interviews. I think you, I think there are videos that I was watching on YouTube of it's Greg and Aaron at some festival in Europe, and he defers to Aaron for dates and like he keeps yeah. all the like he's the he's the uh, he's like the monk sitting there with the, sure, the sure. tablet yeah, yeah, writing yeah. everything yeah. down. But so when you enter into Faith Divides as Death Unites us, I feel like that was the that and in Requiem were the first um, kind of commercial and critical records where you started to hear you know decibel and some of the other like media outlets in the metal community starting to kind of take attention again of paradise lost it mm-hmm. almost took a few records to make sure that 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 you know self-title wasn't just an anomaly okay well now they've done in requiem okay well that's good that now we're still and then when i feel like when faith unites us or faith divides us comes out that's where like they're locked back in i, I yeah does that make sense like yeah. Like it, it, they had to convince people that they weren't going to bounce back to do like another experimental record, like Host or, or something like that. I mean, they've always been a wild card band with, especially with the U.S. media. Like, I don't remember a, a time early on, at least. Like, I think the Gothic it was too early before like Metal Maniacs or anything. Yeah. I think it was really it was more of a zine kind of thing. So by the time they got to the point where they're getting coverage and. In metal magazines, I mean, they were and the stuff. cover of like Metal Maniacs for Draconian and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, and they, after like they had their shot, 
and then they kind of like pushed expectations a little bit. I don't remember seeing it. I don't really remember a whole lot for one second stuff, to be honest, like seeing a lot of like coverage for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it was a big deal in, in Europe. Um, and I think after they went to host, people were just like, Pfft. yeah, it was going to get no more attention. And they really had to, I mean, well, it didn't help being on two foreign labels. Like they're, they're them breaking the U S has always been the big yeah. thing. They kind of talk about how they're almost like haunted. Like they just have had really bad luck, like just bad timing with di- you know, different things that they're trying to do. Cause I saw do. them in like 1992 mm-hmm. for shades of God. And I didn't see them until a couple years ago at Maryland death fest. I've never seen them. And in the between that time, they've played a couple... I think they opened for Devin Townsend and Catatonia. They've done two, like, spotty U.S. tours. I feel like they, they didn't come through Detroit, because if they did... Oh, no, I they didn't at all. Went, yeah. Uh, and they still remember the, 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 that Blondie <laughs> like show. Scarred. Like, oh, yeah, no, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that was terrible. But, like, bands like Marduk somehow gained... Like, it's weird, like, who can kind of make it through and who can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speak real quickly, I looked that up. Uh, Magnus Anderson, also known as Devo, is the bass player gotcha. for Marduk. See, I said Morgan. I knew it started with an M. He's been like yeah. 2004 Morgan's to present, but he was from he was uh, the second guitar player in the early 90s, too. Yeah. We sh- should we really be talking about Marduk when they promote uh, open Nazism? That's and bullshit. All the, I know. I know. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Don't perpetuate that shit. <laughs> We're joking. We're joking. They're nice we had guys. To, we had to defend Inquisition a couple years ago. Yeah. For some fucking turd. So, yeah. Do, some, do your research before you get outraged. Before you, yeah. That's my number one. And I, <laughs> I feel like there might be, hmm, there might be other things in society to be more outraged about right now. Just a thought. We've not, got a bloated orange not, one in Not, not an innocuous right uh, Swedish black metal band that's really never done anything to... to I mean, it's this... They're that, not to go off on it, but that's the same thing of people getting pissed at Slayer for yeah. the Angel of Death. Yeah. Exactly. It's like you're talking about something you're not saying this is... Yeah. You're not, that's not, you're not espousing this as a virtue. Mm-hmm. I mean, Silence of the Lambs promote serial killers. We should probably arrest all those people, too. You know? Well, Jews priests tell kids yeah, to kill themselves, exactly. you know? They're, yeah, so that's... That's a whole other podcast. I feel like we could open up a whole political forum about metal and its perception. If you would really just yeah, watch any of the, the Sam Dunn banger films, you'll understand from an anthropological point of view. We're all pretty nice guys. This stuff is a it's an emotional outlet. Yeah. I feel like most of the people listening to this already get this. If they're yeah. if they're an hour if they're in if part their mom three walks by. of a Paradise Lost podcast, <laughs> or their wife is like, yeah. "What the fuck are you listening to?" A third episode of yeah. something about a band I don't care about. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, there's there's a certain catharsis I think you get from this, or from exercise, or from I don't know what else. I'm, yeah. I'm trying like Lots productive things, but mm-hmm. you know. So we uh, the next song you kind of have lined up. This is one I wasn't even really familiar with today, which is uh, Cardinal Zero. Um, and it's, it was a bonus track. I I got the promo, um, before the thing came out and then I was kind of surprised when I got the record and it wasn't on there, but it's kind of a more like sweetness style, straightforward kind of like, uh, more of an upbeat. Yeah. It's cool. Song. And uh, I think it was Gregor and Nick in the liner notes for this said, like, if they ever started a second band, they'd name it Cardinal Zero. That that was a cool name, too. It reminded me of um, Cardinal Cardinal Sin. Sin. That's that's what I thought. Yeah, 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 for sure. So as we're about to kind of get move away from Faith Divides Us, I feel like now we're getting to, like, the the two sweet spots. And I I, I prefer these two records out of this era the most, and that's Tragic Idol and Plague Within. What are are your thoughts on uh, Tragic Idol? Because I know we'll getting to play within quite a bit i imagine it just kind of reinforced by what i thought from the last two records they're just kind of kept pushing themselves pushing vocals um 
mixing styles in a little bit, like not. It's it's more of a varied record. Like Icon is a pair compared to just like actually most of their records now have been except for. Uh, I guess the pair to, the self title is kind of more samey like Draconia yeah. is. Yeah, I kind of thought. But that. I think since that they've kind of each record kind of has its own kind of unique DNA. Mm-hmm. I think a little bit more. And to the darkness in particular has some really cool guitar parts to it um, that we were listening to earlier. That just I don't know that it. Gregor seems to find a more aggressive voice on this record, and I, I kind of, you know, threw the idea out of whether or not, you know, at this point he's already started Valenfire, mm-hmm. and whether or not that might have been maybe bleeding into the band and giving him a little bit more inspiration to sort of go back to some of the, um, the the sort of grabby by the throat type stuff that you heard on earlier records, where his solos kind of like were bursting at the seams a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, on all the Valenfire stuff, I mean, is is the his his father had passed, and mm-hmm. he was. I guess his dad was kind of a big influence on his like in, introducing him to mu- new music as a kid. And I know that coming back to what originally, I mean, that's no matter what your you know art or anything you like, you always kind of gravitate back to that at some point to try to rediscover it. Yeah, like George Lucas and you know serials from his childhood and made this whole other thing. You know, it's it's a very it's a potent part of your sure. You know, of your life formulates you. Yeah, I could see that, but I think Tragic Idol in particular seemed inspired the, the yeah. whole record. You yeah. know, uh, on a lot of levels. Um, and to be able to do to do a really good side project as a vocalist and songwriter, and then come back to your main band and do something equally as interesting and not doesn't sound the same. It's is just so rare. outside of his lead playing. But. Yeah, it's just so rare. Like you mentioned before, to find um, you know a third act. In a way, yeah. You know, for a yeah. lot of a lot of artists, you you know get lost in that second act and and can never regenerate enough to, to sort of find that. And that's ultimately where, like you know, again, like I think you and I would would disagree with with maybe the the perspective that Jeff had you know thrown out there before. Because I feel like a, like there's no way to listen to Tragic Idol and Plague Within, even if you're critical of maybe the previous three, and say that this is not a band that's like truly inspired and in in extending ideas beyond like what they had done before whoops i just yeah. hit a pencil of some sort but you know so i think i think that's one of the things to listen for when you when you approach a record like tragic idol is listen in the context of a band that's been at it for 20 plus years at this point and and you know say man how many bands that are in it for 20 years are really consistently you know creating art this good yeah you know, on on all these emotional. I mean, hold it up again stuff. to the last Metallica that came out. Yeah, I mean, they're not that much different in age, mm-hmm. and yet one can kind. Of, it's it's a weird thing. I think success has a big part yeah, to do yeah. with it, um, but I think there's always that slow people that that attain success immediately off one thing. I think is just they're doomed. I think if you've got the slow rise to eventually to not even fame, but just the comfort to sustain yourself. That's the kind of career that I don't want to be. Uh, if I was an actor, I wouldn't. I'd rather be a character actor that worked until he was seventy than a lead man that was huge for three years. Yep. And you know, I think that's the kind of trajectory that I think they're taking. And yeah, I was gonna say, Paradise Sauce is the the perfect character actor. Yeah. There you go, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they can just chameleon into a lot of roles, and they get mad respect for it. You know, and that's that's their career in a nutshell. So. All right. Well, let's get back into it. We've got uh, Cardinal Zero from Faith Divides Us, Death Unites Us. We've got a pair of tunes from Tragic Idol, Crucify, Into the Darkness. And then we're going to open up, uh, you know, a, a whole new 
little last uh, ending place with, with Plague Within, and in particular this Beneath Broken Earth uh, is, is kind of sent shockwaves to longtime fans of, of Paradise Lost, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back.
That was Beneath Broken Earth to the Darkness, Crucify, and then we started off with Cardinal Zero. So we've finally arrived. It's been a long To the present day. Yeah. We're, we're there to Plague Within, which we've kind of been hinting at as a kind of a capstone record for them. Um, you know, Beneath Broken Earth, this your initial reaction to it, I, I thought was kind of interesting that you you're sharing with me earlier. Yeah, the uh, well, I didn't hear. I don't think I heard the. This wasn't the first song. Oh, okay. You had that heard, I heard. You'd heard some. I got an early promo, and might have I, been no hope in sight. I feel like that was a song, the the opening number that that was maybe being floated around a little bit. Maybe I got it before any of that stuff, though. Okay. It was probably about two months before the any of the singles or any like okay songs were released or anything, and. I was a little bit like let down at first because I was like I thought they were like trying going back to Wagner's comment a little yeah. bit. I thought they were kind of trying to just relive past glories and I was, and I I meant I sent I think I said something like that to to Albert from Decibel too and I think he had a, a different opinion and that was just first blush and also I'd like to be contrarian about shit too. Yeah. Um, but then when I heard Beneath Broken Earth. I hadn't had, like, especially when he does the, you know, wish to die scream. Yeah. I was like, shit, that's, I was, that was like goosebumps on the arms kind of thing. Like, I hadn't felt that in years from, I never thought the band would go back and no do this. I mean, I had an, a sneaking suspicion because Nick was on the last bloodbath. And Valenfire and what what was kind of going on there. The, yeah, the, but, but Valenfire was all... It was all Greg and does yeah. Greg and vocals and everything yep, too. So I, I never would assume I just, in the back of my mind, I thought maybe if they do death vocals, maybe Greg will do them. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't know if Nick was going to be able to do them. But then when we had the, um, the tragic illusion 25 and they do those two, they do a cover of Gothic and our savior, and our savior. Yeah. And Nick's doing death vocals. I was like, okay, I can, yeah, I, think I can get behind. Nice. I think I was, it was just a little, it threw me off guard yeah. a little bit. It was like so exactly what I wanted, but I, but sometimes you don't want that. Well, you didn't expect it. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, they throw me for their whole career. They kind of throw me for a loop, so I don't want to get exactly what I expect. And this song is so interesting too, from a musical standpoint, and like how slow, you, you know, plotting. You know, we we made mention that this is the slowest Adrian's probably ever had to play in his whole career. I think it's know? the it's the slowest PL song. Yeah, like there's. It's as close to like a, a cathedral, early cathedral vibe, or, or something like that, or um, even it's like pallbearer speed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That those those drums where it takes you know Toom. half a second for the, <laughs> the arm to hit the snare. Toom. Yeah, and and I think you know the combination with Nick's vocals on this, it just makes it such an evocative track that like, like you said, it's a record scratch moment or a hair standing yeah. up moment where you're like, man. It's a simple riff too, which mm-hmm. is that's I'm always about. If you can be really simple but get your point across, that's the best to me. But again, emotive soloing, yeah, like you know, it's just it it it, it you, you get such a vibe that the vibe you haven't really gotten, you know, since like Gothic, Lost Paradise kind of stuff, where it's like yeah. an uneasiness that's that's really cool about it. You know? And the, the fact they've been able to kind of like bring all these vocal styles together, they didn't just do like a straight death metal record mm-hmm. which it's you know it's the closest to eh, it's not even that i mean there's only there's just parts that are that yeah it's just it's the culmination of what they've done over the last, their entire career really mm-hmm. so do you what do you expect from them beyond this 
I mean, do you think, do you get the vibe based on interviews you've read after this album came out that this is like, it was a one-off thing or because of Nick's involvement with Bloodbath, they're going to continue to maybe sprinkle these things in when I think they, they go see further. fit? You think it might go heavier again? I think it's gonna, the next thing's going to be like just a straight Doom Death record. Well, because I think this got a lot of really positive attention. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it ranked really well, uh, the, the end of the year polls and things like that. It made that, it in, yeah, like, like in Metal Maniacs and Decibel and... Um, Probably not Maniacs. Probably, yeah. Not Maniacs, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Metal Hammer. Metal Hammer, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it made something in some of the other, uh, like, no... I can't even think of... There's like a handful of other... Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's the other? No Resistance or Zero Resistance? Zero Tolerance? I think it might have made something in there. Uh, but it got more attention than I've ever seen. Well, that I've seen in recent memory for yeah, since, a Paradise Lost since like record. one second, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Was like the last, or even Draconian, maybe you know that they got that much attention for a particular. And I think record. it's it's a bold move because Paradise Lost has a very, uh, especially since they've kind of had this weird kind of divergent path, they've grabbed very loyal fans, and some of them not death metal fans at all. Mm-hmm. So that's this is kind of I think kind of a bold move to to go in that direction. I'd like to see them do. Why? Why not do? If they can, if they're satisfied and if happy, it's natural. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. they want to do that, I mean, they're totally capable of it. I know the stuff Greg writes for Valonfire is great. Mm-hmm. So if you can, if you can do a straight Doom Death record, that's you know that rivals Lost Paradise, then do it. Sure. <laughs> and I mean, like the song we're going to end with tonight. You know, this is uh, one that. That particularly grabs me. I said I kind of was brought back during the chorus. Um, it's an eternity of lies. What we're talking about. You have um, some female vocals kind of reappearing for the first time in, in a long time. In I mean, very I, different ways. In, yeah, yeah in, in in not in the same way that uh, you heard on Gothic and in other records. And they they sort of seamlessly sort of blend with like the not the screaming of Nick like what we heard in, in the past, but like kind of a his sorrowful singing draconian times kind of mm-hmm. vocal style which is a cool combo and it, but yeah it really this works. like soaring kind of you know uh harmony thing behind it it's really interesting they've never done anything like that before and it was funny because when we were listening to it earlier you were like man he, they're doing something really weird with the pitch on the, the it's not uh, like Nick's yeah, vocals and stuff and i was like i'm pretty sure that's female vocals and we kind of had to like check it yeah. out I, it and, really reminds me of like something like that paul bearer would do yeah yeah which is you know interesting to see that kind of you know the younger influence because i know the band is they're, they, they're both fans of each other. Yeah, I was going to say they toured together, Val and Fire and Paul Bear did, yeah. I think. And, and so. Yeah. And I know, in reading in interviews, I know that, that at least Nick and Greg are, are both aware of the, the band and like what they do. So mm-hmm. it's, but, it's nice to see that kind of you know cross pollinating of, of the generations. But I got this vibe, like I said, it was just a nostalgic vibe for me where I was taken back to like the early years of me working at the record store and sort of sharing in new music in the actual record store, like as we're closing the store down. And yeah, I don't know, just brought me back to like a, a really nice place, you know. And uh, like I said, I think Plague Within is my favorite thing that they've done in this era, you know, probably since for one second for me, you know, one second really hit me in a, a yeah. sweet spot back in the day. Cause that was a record I had to review for the very first issue of eclipse and stuff. But it'll I think, be interesting to see how, cause it's, I mean, we're a couple years out now from yeah 2015. So, you know, it's, yeah, they, it's they've still, been like every two or three years. I feel like they've, they've been hitting one. And I've listened to that. I've listened to that record probably like 50 times. So it's still, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still, it still completely holds up for, I still feel, you know, everything I did upon the first, first listening to it same with you know like when when carcass came out with um surgical steel mm-hmm. man that's 
talk about expectation. I mean, it's, a lot of this stuff is just like, you know, like movies being revisited. Like, can you really ever do it? Sometimes you can. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I hope you have enjoyed this journey because uh, it's been fun to put together and long overdue. You know, it, it does take a lot out of us to put together a three-episode span. It's yeah. not a lot of bands that we do three episodes for, you know, kind of, kind of continuously. I mean, so. we could have talked more. Yeah, there were some tangents that <laughs> we, 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 we didn't want to go on, and, and, and we could have and stuff. And so hopefully you enjoyed some of the, the kind of side things. Because I think there are, uh, I don't want to say they're, they're not a controversial band, but they're certainly a band people have some pretty strong opinions on in different mm-hmm. ways. You yeah. know, different eras, different feelings, and things like that. People, a lot of people are just indifferent. Yeah. yeah they just don't which, know. So hope is, maybe this, if you, if you care, if you made it through this far. Yeah. I, th- I think maybe you've gained an appreciation. You should because I think they, uh, you know, just from guitar tone alone and the, the choices that Gregor makes, there's not one person we've been able to match him to. Um, I mean, there's people that have kind of copycat at Gregor's style a little bit, but yeah. in terms of like things that precede it, Gregor, that we can like sort of say that's the guitar style he that influenced him. It's he's a, he's a singular player, yeah. which is it's a rare, really rare thing. Yep, you don't find that too often, you know. And he's not over technical. He's playing with a lot of emotion, a lot of heart. So if you like a band that that's, you know, honest and heartfelt, regardless of some of the maybe um, bumps and bruises or, or missteps that maybe you think they have made, no one in the world I think would ever argue that you know Paradise Lost is uh, inarticulate or uh, lacking in a in a certain amount of passion in this sort of morose landscape that they're sort of yeah. trying to create you know i mean i think that's that's ultimately the takeaway you get from a band like this is that they they hit on that consistently they're they're not you know disingenuous with anything that they're trying to do you know or they're they're, yeah. they're not trying to do things just to be popular no not at all you know and, and i think that that's you know for a band that's been in at it for you know 25 plus years that's uh that's admirable almost 30 yeah since their we're getting, formation yeah to next the year. demos and stuff yeah, yeah. Yep, for sure. So, but let us know, you know, give us, uh, you know, which, which eras you kind of liked, if there was maybe a surprising album. Uh, we always like to hear, like, if, you know, all of a sudden you finally gained an appreciation for Host or, or Believe in Nothing or something like that. It's good to know that, you know, people care about the the, the, the ramblings that we sort of go on and, and some of the, the points that we're trying to make with, with or some if, of Or, you know, stuff. maybe hopefully some of this made you want to go back and rediscover, re-listen to it again. That's you know? it. You if know. you got Spotify, most of the stuff's there. Go sure. check it out or Absolutely. preferably buy it. If, yeah, I was going to say. If you like it. Yeah, buy, buy, <laughs> buy a CD now, now again. You know, yeah. uh, the band appreciates it. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, leave us some comments on iTunes. We always appreciate that. You can uh, check us out and leave us comments on Facebook, Mark and Jason. Or you can find us on Twitter, which we're, we're trying to use that a little bit more at Podcast Requiem. And, uh, yeah, and we're even doing, uh, who knows if I'll still be doing it here, but we're doing our uh, an obscure song of the day each day, uh, kind of a, a hidden gem yes. that we're trying to throw out there. Just so, you know, from the playlist that I put together, I'm, I'm trying to find some songs from there. and just Create a conversation. People, yeah, create conversation, expose people to different things. That's that's kind of what we're all about, you know. So talking about stuff we care about. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, you guys yeah. usually at least want to hear us talk about, it, even if you don't really care. Hey, about I'm just us. glad we got to talk about Goldberg and Brock Lesnar for about thirty five. If, if seconds. I can bring any of that, I mean, we had lots of tangents where, that we didn't record. We <laughs> yeah. talked about politics and World War One, but. Whew. Yeah, even though you <laughs> even though you're hearing part three of a three pi- podcast, we've been basically having a conversation for about like twelve hours here yeah. at least. Well, this yeah. yeah, the our software has been hijacking the audio for at least this time for three hours. Three hours, yeah. But it's been much much longer than that. But. So, but enjoy uh, an eternity of lies from the plague within from 2015 from Paradise Lost. I am Jason. 
and I'm Mark. A make-believe A song